so this is our Passover celebration. The idea behind this is that you try everything. You don't have to love anything. You have to try a bite of everything. A bite enough so that you experience it, because this meal is not about loving the taste of it, although people probably do in that culture, but the meal is about remembering things, okay? So I'm going to start you off with one, um, one verse, and you don't have to turn there. I'm going to read today if there is anything to be read. This was God's commandment here. And this, this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. All right? So the Passover feast was set to be eaten until God comes. Okay? And it, even the Jewish people today, most everyone of them celebrate it. Okay? A lot of what we do, you can get information online and everything from this. Some of our stuff's adapted a little bit, but the idea behind it is to help you understand. So, by understanding, we talked a couple of weeks about it, and we are going to go through and pass out first the bread, okay? And while, if you would do that, John, pass out the bread, there's a couple different kinds of bread, so you can choose uh, one out of that or out of the other. Stuff. There's some darker stuff in here and some other random stuff. Either, either way, take a piece out. Just take a whole thing out. I can do that. It's a nice right. serving tray and all that. It is. It's, it's sort of the whole deal. So everybody take something that strikes your fancy the most. It may not be <laughs> all the same. It is not. There is some. So this is all flat bread, okay? There's two or three kinds in there. Um, <laughs> it is. We just pull it on the oven, okay? Reminds me like the pitas. Yeah, it's sort of. It's like a pita. It's nan bread. Some of it is, which is not Jewish, but. but uh, yes, you may pass along cutlery. All right. So the traditional four questions that come out of a Passover, and we're going to ask these as we go through. On all other nights, we eat bread or unleavened bread. So bread with leaven. Or what's different about tonight? And that's the question for you guys. Going quick, so we can't have bread because we don't have time for it. Going quick, okay? Uh, yeast represents sin. Yeast represents sin, all right? And so we have those two things. And so the Feast of the Unleavened Bread started out with yeast representing sin, and you get it out of your house for a whole week, all right? And so we take this bread, and we say no leaven in the bread, or no, no yeast. In the bread, okay? It might break your fork. I, there was knives in there, too. There was? Yes, yeah. there was. That's a, that's a <laughs> assorted everything. You should pass it back down. <laughs> All right, so, yes, we're going to do a couple things with it. The idea first is that you you can cut it, you can tear it with your hands. That's supposed to break it with your You're hands. Supposed to tear it. Oh yeah. So it's a three pieces. You share. Yes. It's my napkin. Four pieces. Yeah. So many times, what they do now is they tear into three pieces, 
And they take one of those pieces and they put it in their napkin. The middle piece. The middle piece. Of the the bottom, I thought right? that they tore the middle piece in half. Yeah. Well, either way, representing who? Jesus. Jesus. Now, you can, surely. Because who was torn? Jesus. Jesus was torn. And you remember when Jesus was in there, it was in with his disciples. Now you can dip it, you can eat a piece, okay? I will have you dip it in the oil and herbs in a moment, but just eat a piece for now. As we finish up this bread, this is what Jesus basically said about the bread. And I've got to get to the right chapter here. Jesus said this about the bread. When he celebrated Passover, traditional, he changed, didn't change some of the meanings, he fulfilled some of the meanings. How's that? And when he had given thanks, he'd break it, tore it, right? And said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do you in remembrance of me. Does that sound familiar to some of you who have been at a communion service? Yes. Right? It should, because our communion service is based off of the original Passover and the Last Supper. Okay? And Jesus said, remember. And so it is a continued fulfillment. Now, the Jewish people still celebrate a full Passover. So, one more thing. I want you to take it and dip it into the oil. You can get as much or as little of the stuff as you want. <laughs> okay, yep. Share the oil for those because that's the idea. But I want you to taste that a little, a little bit. And then the tradition would be not to eat it, but to hand it to your best friend. But you do not have to do that, okay? Now the question is what happened? Who did Jesus do that to? Judas. To Judas. Right? It was considered an honor to take the bread, the sock, and dip it in a dip. Okay? I chose this. This is pretty benign <laughs> compared to probably what they dipped at the time. It may have made their bread a little more soaked up or something like that. But they took it, they dipped, they call it a sock, and they sopped up the, the liquid with it and handed it to their uh, honored guest. And that started the feast. Okay. So, yes, you can wrap that last piece if you like to. Or are we going to eat it? Well, you can eat it if you like. It's fine. The idea was this, right? Jesus was wrapped in grave clothes for three days and then came out of the tomb. And, and Jewish people to this day, even though they don't accept him as the Messiah, they do that tradition. That came along the way. And someday, God will use Passover, I believe, in a lot of people's lives and other things within the Jewish culture at the end time to turn people back, all right? So that is the bread part, the first part of it, all right? The next is the bitter herbs. And John's going to talk a little about bitter herbs as I pass out some bitter herbs. I don't have nearly as much to say, but... Uh, okay, there. <clears throat> Why... Essentially, the question, I don't have it word for word, but why do they eat bitter herbs? What's, you know, what's the symbol there? You guys the remember? Bitter, oh, the bitter, bitter bondage. bondage. 
All right. So it's a symbol of their bondage and slavery, right? So yeah, you're supposed to dip it. Yep, in this. Alright. And the dipping there is supposed to be a symbol of the tears that they shed in their bondage. Alright? So it's not supposed to be sweet. It's not supposed to taste good. It's a reminder, right? So that was that question, right? Why and what they actually did. The rule was to dip twice. And why do you dip twice? Because it's very bitter. What does it taste? Have you ever tasted your tears? It's like a Christmas tree. <laughs> That's slavery. <laughs> you do it because you want to remember. It's an interesting taste. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Don't worry, it's better. <laughs> Are we allowed to have another piece of bread? You, you can, yeah. Another piece of bread, sure. Pass it down. We love the bread. We love the bread. We love the bread. Too. Bread is good. tell you about what this is. Okay. Alright, so I don't think you guys covered this in the last two weeks. Uh, I couldn't even tell you how it's pronounced. Haroset? Something like that. Haroset? Haroset? It's spelled like six different ways. Uh, but this is a symbol for the mortar and clay that the Israelites used to make the bricks when they were in bondage. You're supposed to take a cracker and you put it on the cracker and you eat it that way. Shovel a little stuff on the cracker. What is it? I'll tell you what you did. Ah, the idea is to experience, right? You've gotten bitter. And then there's some things that are physical to remember by. Eating is an experience, right? <laughs> it is cold. You could warm it up. Probably be good to warm it up. It's actually sweet, all right? It is uh, walnuts, apples, raisins, honey, and uh, some spices, and uh, typically it's made with wine, but yours is made with pomegranate juice. All right, and there's some lemon in there, all right? But think about all the things that went into making bricks, all right? They would put it all together and then mix it into a paste and this is supposed to be remind you of that color and remind you of that texture of mortar and clay that they were used to build the cities in Egypt. All right. So Jewish families do this step by step. They go through, they ask these questions. What about the bread? What about the bitter herbs? The bitter herbs are to remember what? Bitter bondage. Bitter. Bitter bondage. Why do we dip it in the salt water? Tears. Twice. Tears. Because it's a lot of tears, right? They had a full hardship. But they did. And the bricks, of course, it's a reminder. Now, I don't know that Haroset was part of when Christ was there, although it may have been. It just, his two focus points were 
the for the bread and the and the cup. Okay. The next piece we're going to talk about. Uh, there is a question number four. First, I'm going to say that, and then we will serve up some lamb to everybody. Um, question number four is this. If you were reclining, and you all knew you were sort of to be reclining, right? Why do you sit relaxed? <clears throat> That's the question. Why do we eat sitting down? It's comfortable. Now you remember, you remember the very first one was not, right? The first Passover, what did they have to do? They ate standing up. So what were they when they had the first Passover? They were slaves. And now what are they? Free. They are free. And so I write this because everything in Passover is basically from slavery to freedom. Okay? That is the point of much of this Passover meal is you say, well, some remind us, some are bitter, some remind us of textures, some remind us of things that aren't so good so that we remember where we come from. And then some remind us of that we are free. Okay, and that's why the first three questions really remind us of our sin and the things we've done. And now we begin to turn the Passover meal. Okay, so John, if you want to get some lamb and mm -hmm. either get people's plates or do whichever, yeah, pick it up on the table, probably All right, and while John is serving up that lamb. Tell me this. Who said, Behold the Lamb of God? John who? John the Baptist, okay? Who first called Jesus a lamb? Referred to him as a lamb. Close. Isaiah. Prophet Isaiah, right? And he says he's going to be taken as a lamb to the slaughter. Now tell me about the lamb that was the rule. There was five days, right? What were the five days significant for? The original Passover lamb, five days. What were they doing? Make sure it's perfect. And to also grow attached. Okay, yeah, so they're going to they're make sure that lamb is perfect and, yeah, grow attached to it, watch, and then they're going to sacrifice it at the end of the five days, okay? So the lamb was to be roasted, although we didn't roast it, okay? It tastes like roast meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's not meant to be bad. The idea is... The lamb is this perfect switch between slavery and freedom, right? Your freedom comes from its death. All right? And, and the death of the lamb was to be captured the blood before they cooked it. And they put the blood on what? The door. On the door. That, and the death angel passed over and didn't uh, condemn that household. That household did not have that condemnation. So... 
That was the greatest thing. They were free that night. They stood up, they ate it as slaves, but that night they walked out of Egypt as free people. All right? And have been free uh, and lived in their own land. Now they had undergone some other times where they were taken captive during their time frame. And so to the Jewish people, Throughout their history, it's been freedom and slavery, and freedom and slavery, okay? And, but freedom is a big thing to them. To have the freedom to sit down and eat with their friends, their family, a meal, means something great, and they're thankful to God for it. But something even more great, okay, is the Lamb of God. Right? And so where does the blood go for us and Jesus, the Lamb of God? Where does the blood, what does it cover? Our hearts. Our hearts, okay. Covers our hearts because it covers our sin. Yes, it covers our sin. And it's more to understand about that. And so this is, again, another piece of, of this whole meal, this whole meal. Right. As he's serving up just a little bit more of it because it's not so bad, is it? <laughs> it's pretty good. What's that? I know, Grimmer's house is good for it too. You could put more Harrowset with it. You could. I bet you the Harrowset would go very well with it. Anybody want more? Harrow set? Perfect. Do it. Well, I hate it. try. Go with it. There's only like half of what the rest of it is. You want some more or not? No. What I mean. <laughs> what you did, you too. Yeah, come around. It's not a bad thing. Thank you. You're right, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, think of this, too. It is supposed to be a great experience. And when Jesus came and sat down with his disciples the Last Supper, he says, I couldn't wait to sit down and eat this with you. The best friends. There's nothing more enjoyable than really sitting down and having a great conversation. Even though Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him, he still loved Judas. Even when he said, go and do what you have to do, do it quickly. Right? So there is a, a great love in the heart of Christ to say, take this bread and tear it, right? This is my body, torn for you. It's to be very physical and very real to you. And that's why we do this, to help you understand the smells and the sights. And I hope you remember this in 50 years. And you say, oh, I smelled that lamb. That remember, reminds me of way back when. Alright? The last piece of this is the cup. Alright? And I'm going to pour some cups while John talks about Alright, so how many cups were there in a traditional Passover meal? What? Uh, Four. nope. No, three. Nope. Four. Five. Four. I will accept both. <laughs> I will accept both four and five. I know, I'm telling you, you're right. <laughs> um, so there was four cups. Uh, the fifth one is what? It's the one that's talked about the least. It kind of added in as a tradition later on. Anybody know what the fifth cup was? It's the cup for Elijah. 
all right? And it was actually just poured out and left, all right? They never actually drank the cup of Elijah, because why? What do you think of that? Correct. So he would be coming again at the end of time. So that's why that cup is left out for him in hopes that he will come again when uh, you know, the Messiah returns. Uh, so cup number one was eaten before everything when you first sat down. And uh, what happened as they served cup number one? Hmm? Before that. They, what do you guys do when you sit down at a meal? And you thank God, right? So that, uh, this first one is a give thanks kind of cup, right? So they gave thanks uh, for life and for the ability to partake in their freedom and celebrate it, right? Uh, cup number two is uh, called the cup of proclamation. All right, and the person who was leading the feast would read from Deuteronomy at that point, and they would, you know, essentially say that uh, God led them out of Egypt and talk about all of the things that uh, they had done. And then, what would they do after that? After cup number two, they would sing. Very good. Uh, do you guys remember what psalms? Oh, uh, table. No one at the table. My enemies at the table. You guys looked at two of them. They, there was actually five psalms that they would traditionally sing. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's Psalm 113 and 114 is what they would sing uh, around the second cup. All right? And then they would start eating, right? So you had two cups before you even start eating. All right? The third cup is the cup of blessing. All right? And this is the one that Jesus used. Uh, in when he introduced communion, all right? Uh, and then the fourth cup would be, again, after dinner, and it was called the cup of praise, all right? And they would, again, sing more psalms. You guys looked at two psalms last week, 113 and 118. You'd sing 113 and 114 uh, with the second cup, and then you'd do 115 116, 117, and 118 at the end of the meal. And Jesus did that, right? It says at the end of the Last Supper that they sang. That's what they were talking about. Those are the cups. What do you guys think? I like the bread. You're not supposed to like that. <laughs> it's supposed to be a negative connotation. Bitter. Look, I ate the whole other leaves. <laughs> I ate the whole thing plus the same. Well, wow. That's dedication. It's supposed to really leave an impression on you. And say, oh, that's terrible. Like sin. Everything is supposed to have a big physical impression, right? That's it's all symbolism for what God did for the Israelites and ultimately what He did for us. Think about you are part of a tradition that has gone on for thousands of years since that day God first said, celebrate Passover. And you do it for the point of understanding Christ. And we still do it with communion. We do it multiple times a year to remember God, remember what he has done. So there it is, Passover. And 
I think a song. Hey, what about this? Well, that would come out at the end. You'd come out at the end, yeah. Unwrap your bread, you'd need it. <laughs> but that was the idea, right? Is that Jesus comes out of the tomb, right? At the end, it looks like hide it. Yes, it was hide, hidden away. Yep. And that's a little actually newer tradition, I would say. But I don't know where and when that picked up. So we should sing a song. What should we sing? He is Lord. You guys know that one? If you're not quiet. He is Lord, he is Lord, he is risen from the dead. He is Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord, he is Lord. He is risen from the dead. Yeah. And you are free to go. I'm going to have some lamb. Oh, come on. <laughs>